Welcome to the Discovery Nutrition Podcast. I'm Nathan Baldwin, a dietitian and specialist in helping people overcome the emotional and behavioral struggles that hold them back from making long-term changes. In this podcast, we explore rediscovering the joy with food, moving away from a diet mentality and working with our negative emotions to help create a more meaningful life that you love and you want to continue living. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again today. So this is episode four of the podcast. So if you are still here, I really appreciate the fact that you're still tuning in to listen to my boring and monotonous voice. Um, But thanks very much for joining. Um, Before we get started today, I just want to say... Uh, thanks for all the feedback so far. Uh, people have been really, really, really nice with it all. And if you wanted to feel good and do something nice for a stranger today, I would love your feedback, whether it's uh, send me a DM at discovery underscore nutrition on Instagram or leave a comment on this podcast or a rating. I'd really appreciate it. But today, the topic that I want to get into is a really common theme that every single person in the world uh, struggles with. And that is avoiding our problems. Now, from a health professional, I suppose from my job standpoint, this usually plays out in, uh, particularly with emotional eating, people avoiding their problems with food. And that's really common. The first thing that I like to talk through with people is that this is a natural response that every single human has. Every single human is just trying to avoid their problems. It's natural. Now, the reason this happens is these things that we're trying to avoid, they are painful. And the body, the mind, when these things start to come back up, it makes us feel very unsafe. And naturally, what the brain wants us to do is feel safe. So it's always about trying to, um, I suppose, create an outcome where we can feel safe as fast as possible. Now, again, looking at food, when we're eating things like chocolate, pizza, whatever yummy foods there are, these are a really quick way to start to feel safe because it makes us feel good in the moment. You know, it gives us that rush of dopamine, serotonin, and we feel good, we feel safe. But obviously this doesn't lead us to somewhere fantastic down the track when this keeps happening. Same as another commonality with clients is a lot of the times I'll come in and They'll say they want to lose a particular number. So let's say 10 kilos uh, for this example. We dig into that a little bit. And a lot of the time, it comes down to they want to lose this weight to feel better about something else. So, you know, I always start with saying, okay, so why 10? Why not 15? Why not 6? Why 10? And this often comes back to that value that they've got in their head to say that at 10 kilos lighter, this is how I'm going to feel differently. And that feeling that they're trying to displace, that's what they're avoiding. Now, weight loss can happen in a number of different ways, but in this very rigid diet mentality, number on scales, all that matters, we are avoiding all those issues. So, you know, this person will lose 10 kilos and, you know, they'll be sitting there and they'll be really happy for a short while but eventually they notice that 
you know, you know, they've changed their foods, but they probably haven't changed their lifestyle. They haven't changed their behaviors. They haven't changed, I suppose, their thought patterns and perspectives. And when they thought life would be different because all of these other things haven't changed with them, that painful feeling is still there. And if emotional eating something this person has struggled with, even though they've obviously conquered it to the point where they could lose 10 kilos, that high eventually goes down. That positive feeling of the success and achievement eventually goes. And again, the body needs to feel safe. So what do they do? They probably slip back into old habits. Now, it's really important that I go through this with every person is that they're not alone. They're not weird. They're not unique in this circumstance. Although what they're going through is probably very painful, they're not going through this alone. I always like to say every single person's climbing their own mountain. You know, they're over here on the side and they're climbing the mountain and the big thing they're trying to overcome is uh, their emotional eating, their weight, whatever it might be. But, you know, there's also me. I'm over here on my, my mountain. I'm conquering my own things. So, you know, I, I really like to go through and explore the things that I'm working on with myself. So I suppose something that I've been dealing with a lot uh, since starting my own business is to put it in a nutshell would be imposter syndrome, I guess, but more from a business standpoint. So a lot of my issues and a lot of things that I've been avoiding, so classic avoidance techniques for me are doing pretty meaning, meaningless jobs. Uh, it is taking a bit longer lunch break than I should or playing with Ted um, or maybe scrolling through Instagram and justifying it as, oh, I'm doing social media work when really I'm just scrolling Instagram. And, you know, I think about these avoidant behaviors that I'm doing, and I'm thinking, well, why am I doing it? And on reflection, which we'll get into a little bit later, um, I've started to notice a lot that it's because I feel like I'm constantly not enough in the business aspect of my work. I'm not at a point of success, which I feel that I should be. And whether these things are right or wrong is irrelevant. It's a feeling that we get. And yes, challenging them can help, and that's definitely something I'm working through. Um, but they do come up. So for me, it's very much about overcoming my own feelings that are holding me back from work, and then obviously impacting other parts of my life. When I'm feeling insecure about my work because you know I'm avoiding doing the hard work that is going to get me there because, you know, confronting that is going to make me realize maybe I'm not, um, maybe I'm not acting on the ambition that I have. Maybe I'm not working as hard to the things that I want to achieve. And that's painful. And then, you know, when these insecurities come up, they play out in a number of different things. I'm more irritable at home. So, you know, seemingly menial things uh, are going to be a lot more likely to frustrate me. And then, you know, when I'm in these moods, I'm not a fantastic person to be around. Um, so it's really important that people understand that they're not alone in avoiding things. They're not alone in climbing their mountain. Every single person has to climb their own mountain. Sometimes it's just in a bit different context. So the reason I go through this is to really highlight that every single person has something they're avoiding. But when does enough become enough? So for myself, enough became enough when I noticed over a period of weeks and months that I'm just a really irritable person. Um, 
you know, my moods can be easy to set off. I don't like how I feel. Uh, you know, I don't want to get angry at the stupid little things. I want to be able to enjoy the small things in life and not feel like that day to day, as well as the impact that it really has on the people that I care about. You know, it makes living situations a lot more difficult when you're constantly irritable and, you know, trying to pick out things to be mad about when you're in that frame of mind, as well as, you know, it doesn't give you the same capacity to be, to be loving, caring, intimate with those um, who you really care about. So for me, that's when enough became enough. Um, same as for other people, whether it's, you know, your first, your first I suppose, uh, concerted effort at improving your health, or whether you're, you're your dieter that's done this again and again and again. You know, you're either saying, okay, it's enough, like, I'm sick of this change with my body, or you're saying, I've had enough of doing these yo-yo diets. I want to find something that's, like, genuinely going to work for me long-term. We need to come to that realization. If you're not getting to the point of enough is enough, there's a good chance that whatever you've got to change, it's not going to be important enough to actually continue long-term. So I want to talk about how we can come to overcoming, uh, avoiding our problems. And the first step is really to just be real with yourself about what you're avoiding. You need to reflect back. So um, how I always like to picture this is take, take a pen and paper and write out where you want to be. It doesn't matter what that is, whether it's... Actually, I always say, do, do a rounded picture. So health, work, lifestyle, relationships. And then if you can go a bit deeper, try to figure out the values that are really underpinning that. What kind of person do you want to become? Um, another way to think about it is, at your funeral, what do you want people to say about you? What do you want the people who are closest to you, your colleagues, um, your employees your friends, strangers on the street, what do you want people to think about you? Now, once you've got this picture, you need to really start thinking, well, what are the away moves that I make from that? So in my own situation, um, you know, I want to be a really caring, warm person who doesn't get caught up on the little things. And obviously, away moves that I make is getting snappy when I'm frustrated. So that's an away move. Once you start to figure out what some of these away moves are for you, you need to take some time and notice why they're coming up. So the first step is always figuring out what those away moves are. And the second step that I say for everyone is take some time over the next week or two and just start to notice when you're making those away moves. If you come to the point where you are noticing that you're currently doing that or maybe a short time afterwards you notice that you just did one of those away moves spend some time to really reflect now this is hard the body doesn't like to or the mind doesn't like to reflect because again that highlights a lot of pain we have to go through those emotions again and good chances are we're going to have to start to get down to the things that are underlying that which are very very painful especially if it's the first time that we're doing it so, you know, for instance, I, I look back at the away moves where I'm getting snappy. And, you know, it, it usually starts out of, of, at a point of external blame. So, oh, you know, I'm snappy because someone else did this. But after journaling, um, I usually say 10, 15 minutes, 
it, it doesn't matter what you start writing about. Um, you can start saying, I don't know why I'm writing, this is so stupid, blah, blah, blah. And I promise you after five to 10 minutes, the subconscious things that are going to be underpinning those away moves are going to start to come out. So for a lot of people, it's like, oh, don't know why Nathan's making me write this, uh, you know, nice weather today. Oh, this idiot at work said this thing and oh, my sister, she called me um, a bitch the other day and that's still really frustrating me. So, you know, why you might be making this away move of being nasty to people and, you know, you justify it as, oh, you know, they're always so rude. After reflection and taking this time to really journal and reflect inside ourselves, really work in, as I like to call it, as we start to do this, we start to realize the insecurities that are genuinely underpinning that. And if we put that into context of that person that we want to become, you know, is snapping at this person part of becoming that person who, that you want to be? And there's a good chance that it isn't. So we need to be able to reflect on what these negative away moves are and realize what are the reflections of our own insecurities that are really underpinning them. Once we figure out what these insecurities are, we need to confront them. So I always say to people, when we're going through these avoiding moves, it's very much like um, if you imagine a small child and they can see this big shadow of a boogie monster against the wall. The natural reaction, child gets under the blankets or goes and runs to mum and dad. They just want to avoid that boogie monster. They want to get away. They want to feel safe. And as I said, this is perfectly natural. Whereas by confronting them, you know, if that child looks under the bed, they're not going to see a boogie monster there. But how I like to frame this is, you know, there might be this big shadow on the wall, but if that child just looks under the bed and confronts where this boogie monster is, he's probably going to see that it's just a small figurine that's got a torch on it. When we start to confront these emotions, these beliefs, these insecurities that we have, they start to have a lot less control over us over time in the context of, you know, emotional eating. So say, say people eat because their relationship isn't fantastic with their partner because they put their walls up every time they get frustrated. You know, if you can start to understand that that's the place where this emotional eating is coming from, rather than going for the avoidant issue and, you know, eating when you feel sad, it could be, you know, if you're the person that's bringing a lot of the pain, apologizing, being vulnerable to that person, um, you know, or it could, as I said, it all just comes from a place of vulnerability, saying to that person that, you know, this, this isn't how I want this to be, like, I want this to be different. When we start to confront these things, this is where we can start to get control over those way behaviors and really make a meaningful impact in our life. So as I said, with that uh, example just there with the emotional eating and the relationship, if you stop emotional eating, obviously your weight's going to change. If your weight changes but you don't change that problem, that relationship issue is still going to be there. Eventually, you're going to go back to the emotional eating. If we confront it, then we're getting on top of the emotional eating 
as well as we can start taking steps to work out the true cause of why this is probably coming up. Whether it's working with myself or other health professionals, which we definitely do very often. Um, you can start to figure out, well, what are the cause and how do I fix that? Because if we're not fixing the cause, we're going to keep coming back to the same problems. If we change nothing, then nothing will change. You know, if we just have a band-aid solution on that food and we don't fix the actual problem, of course, nothing's going to change. We're going to come back. This is why I really love doing what I do. You know, as I said, I've got insecurities about a lot of things, but I'm working on them. I'm confronting them. Um, this is, yeah, this is what I love doing. You know, it's not a quick and easy task. Sometimes it is pretty scary, but it's so rewarding. When I'm helping people that are ready to make this change, when they have said, you know, enough is enough and I genuinely want to get on top of this now and confront their issues that are holding them back, this is where we can make some really, really fantastic changes. So when we start to live closer to the values that we care about as far as food and lifestyle is concerned, then we can get a lot closer to being that person that we want to be. So a good example is someone that I've seen. We, we started talking and their, their values that came up were food um, and variety. Oh, sorry, not food, fun and variety. You know, when you think of diets, this isn't what you think. You think, um, you know, broccoli, chicken and maybe a bit of rice every day for like a month if you're lucky. You know, these are the things where sure, they'll get you that result on the scales, but they're not going to change your life. And, you know, particularly if this person values fun and variety, that's not going to get them there. So with this person, we started, you know, we were talking about exercise and she said, oh, you know, I've just been going to boot camps every day, but like, I hate waking up. Like, it feels like such a drag. I have to force myself to do it. So, you know, fun and variety. We said, well, what's something outdoors that's fun for you? And she said, you know, I love going swimming in the ocean. I said, okay, well, great. Same as, you know, I love going for hikes. Okay, fantastic. And although it's not nearly as frequently as, you know, waking up four days a week for a 5 a.m. boot camp, we're not expending quite as much energy in that time. She's getting out and exercising. But more importantly, it's doing something that she genuinely enjoys. It's living by her values. So not just is she coming back having done the exercise after these activities, but she's feeling a lot more positive. She's feeling a lot closer to that person that she wants to become. And this has an extreme flow and effect for the rest of the week, for the next few days, for the rest of the month, particularly if you keep doing them. And as I said, if relationships an issue, it's, if you're coming back stressed and tired and grumpy after a 5 a.m. boot camp versus feeling rejuvenated and happy that you went and did something you enjoy after doing the hike, which one are you going to come back uh, in a better place to care for those around you? Same with variety. You know, the, the classic brown rice, broccoli and chicken on your stock standard diet. It's not exciting and you're not going to want to stick to that. So this person struggled with emotional eating and we said, you know, we want this to be fun. And I said, well, you know, what's, what's realistic for you down the track? In 10 years, how do you imagine that you want to be eating but still maintaining this lifestyle that you're aiming towards? She said, well... You know, I don't want to give up red wine. I don't want to give up chocolate. And I said, that's fine. Like, what's, 
what's a balance you can see managing? And she said, oh, well, I'm not really sure, but probably at least once a week. And I said, you know, fantastic. By knowing this, well, I can include the red wine in there. I can say, look, you know, this isn't to be steered away from. If it's something you enjoy, then we need to enjoy it. Because if you're not doing that, it's not living by your values and you're not going to stick to it long term. So look, we threw chocolate and red wine in there at least once a week. The results aren't going to be nearly as fast as getting rid of it altogether. And that's perfectly okay. Because those results that we're talking about are weight. Whereas the results by including them is yes, weight a little bit slower. But we bring a lot more happiness. We bring a lot more variety fun, a lot more opportunities to connect with other people. You know, if you're just eating that chicken, uh, broccoli and uh, rice, then, you know, when you get invited out to dinner with your friends, are you going to feel connected with them? Probably not. So, as I said, this is why I love working with people. It's not just changing their health. It's really changing their outlook on life and making them live a little bit more meaningful life, something that they're really enjoying. Because at the end of the day, my job as a dietitian, it's not just to get that number on the scales right. I want to create a healthier life for you that you really, really love and is something that you can see continuing forever and something that genuinely changes your life. So to wrap this up today, uh, I just really want to take the emphasis and say that as much as these things that I've talked about, they're fantastic at the outcome. They take so much work, so much vulnerability, and you have to be very, very brave to do them. So even the fact that you've sat here and listened through this entire podcast, I want to give you credit. You've probably been sitting here and starting to reflect back on some of the insecurities you might be having, some of the away moves that you're making. And that in itself is to be commended. Because that takes effort. That takes being a bit vulnerable to yourself, being open to some of the pain that comes with those thoughts and feelings. But I suppose the real takeaways that I want to have from this is, is enough enough? And if it's not, that's okay. We all go through different stages of change. If that's not for you, then that's totally cool. But thank you for listening anyway. Um, And then if it is, What are some of these steps you can start to take to start reflecting on what are the away moves you're making and really why you're making them? And then try to think how you can start to confront these, whether it's writing them down, whether it's talking to someone you care about or a health professional. What are some things you can do to make sure that when enough is enough, that this doesn't keep impacting your life for months, years, decades to come? Guys, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. As I said, I'd love to hear your feedback. So whether you send me a DM on Instagram at discovery underscore nutrition or you just uh, leave some feedback on the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much and have a fantastic day. As always, the advice in this podcast is general in nature. If this has sparked some troubles for you, then I really recommend you get in touch with your local health professional. And thanks very much for listening, guys.